Welcome to Rainmakers. Now to our host, Carl Grant. Welcome to Rainmakers. I am here with Nick Spiller. He is a fundraising coach with funding camps, and he is a podcast host of Beta Business. Welcome, Nick. Hey, Carl. Thanks for having me. You bet. So when I met you, you were uh, managing the um, investor relations for Capital Factory in Austin, Texas, and you were just about to launch out on your own to do your own business, which to me seemed like kind of a scary thing. Uh, young guy starting a family and uh, and talk about that whole journey, going from having a paycheck to to doing your own thing and, and how that worked. Well, the first thing I'd say is when we when we actually first met, we were uh, captaining my my brand new boat that I yeah, bought on yeah, Lake Travis. Right? Yeah, you, you and, showed uh, me how to do business development uh, Austin style, uh, right. taking me on a boat business <laughs> development lunch. That that was the cool coolest thing. Right, ever, yeah. right, yeah. So, COVID, you know, the, the pandemic hit, and it was it was tough at, at Capital Factory. You know, it was tough everywhere, and and we were a co working business with. 150 employees and folks all across the state and, and yeah we had to you know kind of rethink things and for me when things shut down it was, it was you know had a lot of extra time and, and you got out on the lake and uh you know bought that boat and i ended up you know really spending a lot of time with interesting people like you on on the lake uh you know as well as other you know investors and entrepreneurs and really just i think more than anything when it was you know, kind of taking the dive into, you know, my own startup, my own venture. I felt the confidence and the timing, my confidence and, and the timing within the world around me was, was just right. And, you know, I think it's sad when things like pandemics happen and, you know, and really any time a society breaks down, it's a really tough situation. I think it presents a lot of opportunities for entrepreneurs to rebuild uh, in, in new and better ways, right? And so, that was really the big message and it's really for, for me it's startup funding. you know there's 30 i learned there's 30 million small businesses out there the venture capital industry supports about 10,000 of them at any one time which is actually really profound and new in our economy um relatively speaking and and uh but i really feel there's a huge opportunity to you know help a couple million more companies get financed and grow a little faster and ultimately you know provide you know, livelihoods in a, a sustainable and enjoyable way, uh, and even kind of maybe address some of the things in, in the workforce you're seeing today, where there's not not a lot of engagement at these, you know, big, more traditional companies, and kind of rethinking that through, you know, financing small businesses and startups. Yeah, so I, I will admit I have taken your uh, boat lunch idea. <laughs> I've taken many people. Actually, I built upon that boat idea. I, I have nautical networking events. I think you attended one of them. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's, it's become a uh, a way to turn something I like doing into something I call work. So, <laughs> and it's been great for business. So, so talk to us about the how this works. How do you find these entrepreneurs? How do you build the relationships with them? Talk about the, the relationships you built with the investors and how you put it all together. I can put it simply, it, it's two-step process. It's it's me, the entrepreneurs, and really, if, if you're into startups and just you know eager, especially in your you know, your if you're a student or in your early days in your career, entrepreneurs are very open to having coffee meetings with a lot of people, and that you know, I think that's a good thing. And but it, what really has helped me is doing that consistently. You know, every week now I'm talking to ten new entrepreneurs 
uh, and and really have a goal of you know two per day. I'm I'm going to meet usually through different different avenues. Uh, but then at the end of it, introduce them to each other, and by introducing them to each other, usually through events uh, or or even just direct introductions, you create a community, and that's really what I view as a technology for business development, right? And you, you, cause it, cause it takes, it's more scalable than meeting with everyone one-on-one. And if I go meet, you know, 40 entrepreneurs in a week, or I mean, in a month, I can't really develop relationships and sustain relationships with all of them. But if I can create a community around that by getting them all, you know, to know each other and like each other, uh, you know, and I still kind of, you know, and part of that is the community leader and the connector uh, it, it, it seems to work really well. And that's what I've, I've focused on. And I'm, uh, I'm one up in the Lake Travis business development game. And um, we sold out a, a barge party this weekend on, on Sunday. We got 50 people uh, going, all entrepreneurs and investors going to spend a couple hours on, on the lake and, and on big double-decker barge they have out there at VIP Marina. That's uh, a, it's a great idea, Nick. I, so, I, yeah, I, I meet about that many, maybe 45 entrepreneurs a month and it is hard to manage. And so relationships are key. You know, once you keep that up many, many years in a row, uh, you know, you're quickly overwhelmed, especially when these entrepreneurs go and they, they start new businesses, they have new needs and they're, and you're their guy that, you know, you're their, their trusted advisor. How do you envision yourself managing this network of relationships and the investor relationships? You probably have a, a, investor relationships that rival mine and and i know how hard it is for me so how are you going to do it yeah it's a good question one thing i've adopted in the last six months is very rigorous crm regimen and i'm on hubspot i got pretty much everybody i know and every conversation i have including this one i'll log in there and i can go in there and see carl and see kind of my notes of the whole relationship and that's really helpful because it's it's you know yeah like there's this concept of Dunbar's number where you can only have 150 real relationships as a human being we just don't have the capacity to support more than that and so yeah I think CRM is one really you know good technology to stay in touch with people over time because it's in the startup world and I think probably business broadly these relationships have orbits where you know you might engage with someone for three to six months and have an awesome project and it goes well or maybe three to six years and same thing. And then, you know, there's this pause in the relationship because you just go off in different parts of the, the ecosystem. And then, you know, somewhere down the line, you're at the table again together and, and you're working together. And it's super helpful to have those, those notes. And, and uh, you know, even if you're looking at that on a monthly or quarterly basis, it can be super helpful to remember, you know, everything. And then you can have more genuine conversations and, really connect and keep things going in a way that might be harder to do otherwise. Yeah. Well, that's something I guess I wish I would have done (laughs) 20 years ago, but uh, Uh, so, so, you know, fast forward, I've got about 15,000 LinkedIn contacts. These are people I've actually, actually met and, and you're saying only 150 of them can be active in any given time. And so how do you think that works? There's a challenge to the theory, and I was put forward by Bob Metcalf, who was, is a professor of innovation at University of Texas here in Austin. He's retiring at the end of this year. He's been, been a great addition. I was lucky enough to take his class in the first year he, he had it. And, uh, I asked him, 
about this. And, and I'm like, yeah, I read this you know, idea of Dunbar's number. He knew exactly what it was. And he said, ah, I have a theory. I'm challenging this with social media. Uh, and, and I think kind of the CRM technology might be an extension of that or just you know, challenging this with the internet as a tool to you know, expand Dunbar's number. Uh, I was talking about this yesterday morning with a group of basic technologists and uh, you know, kind of the general consensus is really there's like this, there's layers and within Dunbar's number and there's like you know, your 20 inner circle friends, then there's you know, like the 50 you know, outer layer trusted confidants, but not, you know, not your family and best friends. And then there's kind of another, you know, 75 people that you really, you know, trust and you're close with. And really, I mean, everyone looked around and we're like, I don't know if social media really has helped me create more real relationships. Uh, and I don't know if it really gets us. So I, I don't think any of us felt like we had over 150, you know, authentic, genuine relationships. So I think there's really just a, an extra layer that, that social media has been put put on it. Um, so that's my my theory on that. We actually yeah, think a lot about, you know, can you expand that that number? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm able to stay present with way more than I could if I didn't have social media, you know, so I, I used to up until about four months ago, I used to touch every LinkedIn contact at least once a year, just to oh. make sure that they were, you know, remember who I was, wish them happy birthday, congratulate them on something. And I had to stop because what happened was when I was doing that, Nick, every one of them would reach out to me and want to catch up and do a call or introduce me to somebody or tell me about their new company. And that was great, but, but you could only handle so much of that. And so I've paused that for now. I, I may resume it again, but I, you know, you get get to a point where you're overwhelmed, and and then you do a podcast. So let's talk about your podcast. Obviously, you're sure. doing my podcast right now. I'm doing this, I'm doing this more to to gather intelligence than I am to actually have a you know thriving podcast. I, I'm I'm finding out how others do what I do, and and I'm learning from that. And eventually, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. Um, what do you? Why are you doing your podcast? And 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 what are you getting out of it? Well, I was invited to join Beta Business by my now partner, Grant Gurton, who I met while I was at Capital Factory, and we worked on half a dozen deals or so that, that ended up, you know, a lot of them are doing very well. So we have a good relationship, and, uh, and a big thing for me, rolling out of Capital Factory, and, and this would be as if I was working at any venture fund or really any startup, is you know, I want to just have my own third-party voice on everything, and I wanted to get out there and really say whatever the hell I wanted to. And, and, you know, if you're a investor relations lead for someone who's managing nine funds with a couple hundred investors like that, that's not your life, right? Like I can't go out there and just, you know, throw, throw my opinions around. It's not my best, best in, uh, interest. And so, so yeah, I think the podcast is really attractive to me for that reason that I get to, you know, weigh in on the startup community, which I think there's just a lot of dogma in the startup community. And, and, you know, these, these, you know, one size fit all, pieces of advice have perpetuated throughout the accelerators and you know there's a lot of people really just giving advice where they probably shouldn't and maybe more more so like giving advice before they've really dug into a company and dug into the motives of an entrepreneur and and, and yeah so we started beta business as a way to really demystify the startup world and even just break apart the lexicon and words like liquidation preference and convertible note and uh, CRM, right? Like, by the way, if anyone's listening, you don't know what CRM is, it's customer relationship management. 
you know, and so just little things like that, that I think can really help entrepreneurs when they get to the table with entrepreneur uh, people like you that have been in the industry for 30, 40 years and really you know, have kind of established the whole lexicon and, and industry, right? And, and, and kind of, but and get up to speed quickly and, and not have that be a barrier to, uh, you know, getting funded and getting things done. Because I think there's, you know, ultimately this, this you know, communication barrier between the, you know, the, the kind of baby boomer generation, the millennials, and then now you got the Gen Z people coming on. And it's like, because of the internet, we all really communicate and think think differently so so yeah that's a lot of what we're doing with beta business and it's it's really become my my primary thing i'm gonna record four four podcast episodes today and we see it kind of growing into a sort of espn for startups yeah that's cool so talk to me about the startups that you're working with are these your traditional venture backable startups or are these the harder to place startups I, i i say it's the startups on the bubble you know and there's the super hot deals that everyone's trying to get into and you know those are great and they'll get funded but i found like you know i can kind of maybe get some people into those deals and that's cool but they can't really move the needle the startups i try to coach are great founders who have a solid business with good traction uh, and just really haven't fundraised before and, and aren't familiar with the game they don't have an investor on their cap table that can guide them through the process and yeah, I partner with them essentially as a, a consultant to uh, get them to that point where they have that first uh, good investor that's gonna you know, take take them under their wing. Is that an angel investor? It, it depends. Uh, most often, it is an angel investor. Uh, it could also, uh, you know, be a customer in a lot of sense. Like, uh, you know, I, some of the companies. I mean, the big a big idea I talk about with founders, and, and you know, I don't push it on them, but is Say, so, hey, you know, you can go out there and try to raise from a big seed fund and, you know, raise two million on a six million valuation. And you can be great. But you, you start limiting your optionality on the other end of the venture when you really start swinging for the fences. And so I kind of, you know, encourage founders to think about alternative ways to finance their company. Uh, to where you might leave an you know an early exit on the table that still makes you a millionaire. It still makes your investors a two to three x return on their money. I think there's nothing. There's kind of like base hits become a derogatory term. Where to me, I think base hits are a way for first time entrepreneurs to put some money in their pocket and get back up to the plate and try to try to hit a home run. Do you help them get an exit too? Not yet, but I, I really want to get into that one day. Okay. So what, what kind of companies are you looking for? Are you looking for companies in Texas or across the United States or anywhere? Across the United States, I'd say Texas certainly love everything about the ecosystem and is, is my, my base. Companies that really are exciting to me or, you know, usually have some sort of strong revenue angle and haven't uh, raised a ton of money. And so there, I think there's a lot of really good SaaS companies out there that really won't, you know, broadly speaking, m- most of them will not be unicorns, but they could easily be taken from one to 15 million in revenue or 10 million in revenue and then sold for 20 or 30 million, having raised you know, maybe two or 3 million along the way. Uh, and, and yeah, so like, kind of setups like that are really interesting to me and kind of ultimately what I'm looking for. So Nick, how do people find you on social media on to reach out to you on the podcast? 
Yeah, LinkedIn is where I'm most accessible. You can reach out to me there, write me a note, let me know what you're up to. I read every message I get. Uh, and you can check out the podcast at betayourbusiness.com and sign up for email updates. And we also, yeah, we do live events like the, the barge party I mentioned we're doing this weekend. And I, we've got about five or six events on, on tap for the fall as long as uh, we're able to host them. Well, Nick Spiller, uh, founder of uh, Funding Camps and host of Beta Business. Thanks for joining me. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Carl. See you on the lake. You have been listening to Brain Makers with Carl Grant.